You might be Steve A. Thank you, man. Well, that's for Hey, uh, just a reminder of something that we uh, talked about a little bit last week. If you did catch it, it's uh, available. Wonders of modern technology. You can check it out on Facebook Live. You can check out the video on YouTube. You can, uh, but we talked about the events in Jesus' life where one of the teachers of the law, one of the religious lawyers, came and heard the Sadducees arguing with Jesus. And he noticed that Jesus had given the Sadducees a good answer. Uh, so he asked him a question. He said, which is the most important of all the commandments? Jesus answered, here is the most important one. Moses said, Israel, listen to me. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. Love him with all your mind and with all your strength. And, and there is the second one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no commandment more important than these. And just in case we weren't sure if you meant it later, uh, John chapter 15, as he's talking to the 12 disciples, he's talking to them about how they are to relate to him. He says, just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. In the same way, I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that you will have the same joy that I have. I also want your joy to be complete. Here is my command. Love one another, just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than the one who gives their life for their friends. Standard pretty high. But that was last week's message. Again, go check it out. Uh, before I launch into this week's message, uh, I want to thank you again for watching or for being here. It's always great to see uh, see places and then to check out uh, who made comments and so on uh, uh, on the videos later. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to participate with us and to uh, be uh, part of the online or in on-site uh, worship. Let's pray. Jesus, you reign as the true king of all kings. You rule as the only Lord of all lords. We welcome your Holy Spirit to open our eyes to your majesty and authority. Let us see your glory so that we can proclaim your love and grace with confidence. Amen. So uh, I saw I saw a uh, uh, well a meme cartoon uh, on on Facebook this week. A few things make me chuckle these days. <laughs> 
Our Jesus, not one of them. Uh, it, it's, it's this. Uh, it was 13. It says, I'm a bad number. And then 666 says, but I'm worse. And then 2020 just laughs. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's quite that bad, but 2020 has not been a wonderful year. Uh, this has probably been a great time for us to be reminded that we live in a broken world. Uh, this place is messed up. If you haven't figured that out by now, you know, this is all uh, going toward the end of July. If you haven't figured out after seven months of 2020 that this world is messed up, hang on. Uh, you will figure it out pretty soon. Now, people all around us are asking questions about why is it like this? Why, why is stuff happening? Uh, you know, why is the government telling us what to do? Why isn't the government more effective? Why isn't, you know, why, why didn't they protect us? Why, why, why don't they protect us? Why, 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 why? Um, and, and people are wondering, people are even beginning to wonder, where's God in all of this? Where's Jesus? Um, where, where can we find him? How can we connect with him? Uh, what, what's our purpose? How can we how can we know what we're supposed to do and why we're supposed to do it uh, when everything is just constantly in motion and, and turmoil and changed? Um, the answers are in God's kingdom. Uh, the, our reasons for being here are in God's kingdom. Our, our, uh, well, if you want to find Jesus, he's in the kingdom. Uh, well, we'll talk about the reason for that in a moment. Uh, if you want to find Jesus, you have to look into God's kingdom. Now, one of the problems we have, and we're going to be talking about God's kingdom and giving King Jesus his dues uh, for the next four weeks as we look through the book of Luke. I'm uh, going to be following this theme of the kingdom of God. And uh, we're going to find some answers. Today, we're going to start uh, in Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 1 to 4. Uh, and I may interrupt myself as I read through here. Uh, Luke chapter one, 11, verses 1 to 4. We want to know the answer to why are we here? How are we supposed to deal with this stuff? Where is Jesus in all of this? Um, we can find it in the kingdom. And it begins here. In Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 1, it tells us, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I'm going to pause for a moment here because I told you I might interrupt myself, and I am going to interrupt myself right now. Uh, and Jesus, as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he summed up his whole ministry, all that he was about. The reason his, he summed up his life in his prayer. Uh, we see his agenda as we look at the prayer. Uh, and for his, God's kingdom to come on earth uh, as it is in heaven. This, this prayer should serve as an anchor 
uh, and a pattern for, for our lives because it shows us the agenda. If we're following Jesus, this is the agenda our lives are to be about. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are recalling the events of his life and his ministry, and in effect, we are declaring that we too want to be a part of what he did and is doing right now. The, the focus, if we, as we go through this, as we look at this prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer he taught his disciples in response to this question, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, the focus, our focus begins to turn from our worries to his work. And we, we are reoriented and our lives are refocused on his will as the main view for us to hold. So the disciple came to Jesus as, after he finished praying uh, and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, okay, that's hallowed, not hallowed. There's a difference. You know, if a tree is hollowed out, it's empty on the middle, in the middle. That's not what we're talking about. I, but when I was a little, you know, little person, that's what I heard, and I couldn't quite figure out why we wanted to empty God's naked, you know, make His name like a big giant donut. Um, but so, you know, that was funny when it was happening to me. Okay, never mind. Thanks for the mercy, Charles. Hallowed be your name. I mean, most many of us have memorized this prayer and have said this prayer since we were little people. Uh, it's a pretty common uh, thing for people to know the Lord's Prayer. What in the world are we asking for when we say that? Uh, well, there are other ways to translate this besides Hallowed be your name. One is to say, May your name be honored. Uh, another is to say, uh, uphold the holiness of your name. Another one may, may be to say, may your holy name be honored. Uh, may your name be honored as holy. Uh, John Wesley, uh, as he comment, commented on this, said, you know, what we're really asking is that, that God would truly be known by all humankind that they would truly know that everyone would truly know who he is and what he's like and that they would respond to him in a suitable way that they would love him and honor him and respect him so that's what we're asking when we say hallowed be your name we're praying God may everybody everywhere all the time know who you are and love you and honor you and respect you as you deserve so Father hallowed be your name your kingdom come give us each day our daily bread forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Well, we're going to focus on your kingdom come. 
uh, this morning. As we, this is a prayer. What is it about this prayer? What is the point of this prayer? Your kingdom come. We're not praying in the sense that God's kingdom would come into existence because it is already here. It is already in existence. Uh, but we are praying that it would come more and more and more, uh, more completely until it's full and final consummation, until it's final and complete. Right? Jesus' kingdom is here. It is just not uncontested. But there is a day that's coming when it will be uncontested. The wars and battles, spiritual battle will be over. The war will be done. Uh, and it will be God's kingdom will be here forever. God, your kingdom come represents the hope for a full manifestation, a full realization of God's promise rule, a full completion and return to what we had before we started messing everything up. Jesus said at the very beginning of his ministry, the first thing he began to preach, the first summary of his preaching was a simple sentence. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. I, you know, stick it out there as far as you can. That's how close it is. A lot of English translations have, have, uh, have that as repent for the kingdom is near. Uh, but it's literally at hand. And if it's at hand, it's, you know, near can be like Saginaw compared to Mackinac, right? Saginaw is a whole lot closer than Mackinac Island. But at hand is a whole lot closer than Saginaw. Okay. Hey, if I lose you, just wave at me. Okay, of course, that would assume that you... Never mind. So, so why should we ask for God's kingdom to come? Why did Jesus teach us to pray, your kingdom come? I, it reminds me of uh, times when I was a, a kid, watching and waiting for family members to show up for a holiday celebration. Watching out the window. Uh, and, and what do you think... What do you think we said when they pulled into the driveway? They're here. They're here. Um, right. They're here, they're here, they're here. Uh, what do you think we said as they climbed out of their car? They're coming. They're coming. Yeah, hurry. Come on. Come on in. You know, let's get this party started. I, uh, we didn't say that at the Haynes house growing up. Can you guess what my mom was saying? Are you ready? Did you finish your jobs, Mark? <laughs> You know, in other words, did you clean up your room so your cousins could screw it up? I mean, mess it up? I mean, well, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Now, why? Uh, why? Why clean up something you know your cousins are going to just tear apart as soon as they get there? Um, I don't know. So here, that, this is what I think is this is what I think is going on here. See, God's kingdom is already here, uh, but it's not complete. It's not uncontested. God's kingdom arrived with Jesus. It's it's as if Jesus pulled into the driveway two thousand years ago. 
who rules in acts of love and authority. And in that kingdom, we have Jesus, who loves enough to die for us, who loves us enough to leave the throne of heaven and die for us, and be raised to lead us with power and authority. So we need a king, we need a king that rules, and we need citizens. You know, a kingdom without citizens is like a guy out for a walk all by himself. You can be the king when you're walking by yourself. You can tell yourself anything and everything you want to do, and you will do it. But the moment you get somebody else walking alongside of you, and you, uh, if you're not the king, you can't tell them what to do. And even if you are the king, you know. Uh, although all of those of us who have been parents or grandparents know the truth of this, life is kind of peaceful when it's just the two of you. But then you add a third person with their own set of ideas. And even though they're tiny, they can still have their own set of ideas. I remember with my first child, the moment it occurred to me, she does not think like us. And she was about two years old. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I should have known. That's, what, and that's the next thing I thought. Why should have known that she's her own person, right? But, uh, so you need citizens. Now, who are the citizens of God's kingdom? The citizens of God's kingdom are all who are saved by Jesus, all who have submitted to his authority, and all who trust him to be their king, their savior. You need a king. You need a king who rules with uh, love and grace. You need a king. Uh, you need... Uh, Oh, I almost lost my track. Yes, yeah, so you need citizens in the kingdom, and you also need an express will. If the king never says anything, you don't have to worry about what he thinks. The king never tells you what to do or what not to do. You can do whatever you want, but the moment the king expresses his will, you have a choice to make. Are you either going to obey or not obey? I'm either going to be, I'm either going to trust him and say he's my king and I'm going to do what he says, or I'm going to rebel against him and do what I want. Uh, the king has to express his will. What has he done? What is he the king? What is our king? What has King Jesus said? Well, the very, very smallest part of it is that there are two great commandments: love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. All the rest, he says, hang on those two. Okay? If you want to know what his will is, it's all summed up in those two commandments. Uh, he expounds on that in the whole Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Uh, Luke has it as a Sermon on the Plain uh, in, in a couple of two or three chapters uh, spread out there. And then you've got the whole New Testament, and then you add the whole Bible as more expression and explanation of his but basically it all boils down to those two commands this is the Lord's commands this is the king's commands for his people love God with all you have and love your neighbor as yourself 
So you need a king. You need a king who acts with love and authority. You need citizens who respect the king's uh, authority. Uh, you need the king to express his will, give commands, and then you need a place. A king without a place has really got no kingdom. Where's the place for us? Where's the place for God's kingdom? Jesus said, any place where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. And if the king is there, that's where the kingdom is. So when two of us get together in his name, he's the king. that's where the kingdom is. Here's the sermon in a sentence for those of you who, who keep track of those kinds of things. Every day the conclusion of Jesus' coronation ceremony grows closer. Every day his coronation completion, conclusion of his coronation grows closer. Every second that ticks by on the clock, we are that much closer. Yes, it does seem like it's taking a long time, but I want to be, first of all, I want to say I'm thankful that it's taken a long time, because, you know, if he had come back in, 19, in 1956, I wouldn't be here. If he had come back in 1920, in the middle of the last pandemic, uh, my parents wouldn't have been around. They weren't around, but I would have been around. How many of us would have been here? He waited for us. He's waiting for others. But every day we're getting that much closer. Every second, every minute, every hour that passes, we are that much closer to the moment when his kingdom comes in its completeness and its fullness. So I want to invite you to join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. We're going to pray the longer version. And if, if you have your version app or if you're on Facebook, you, it's, it's there. Uh, the rest of you uh, are going to have to go by memory. Because I just realized I forgot to put it in a slide to put up on the screen. Fortunately, there are no hymn books for you to throw. Let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught us today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, I want to thank you. Uh, those who watched online or those who have been participating here on site, thank you. Again, I really appreciate it. Wherever you are, whether you're online or on site, as part of God's kingdom, as part of his family, Jesus sends us to follow him in giving our lives for the world. Introducing others to the Holy Spirit's powerful love involves weeping and wrestling in prayer, just as Jesus does. You are sent. 
so go in the power of the Holy Spirit.